get outside or something like that. Auburn's coaching staff has not gotten outside much this week. They've been uh, bunkered up in the athletics complex, making a bunch of phone calls to recruits. It is National Signing Day this week. Auburn got six new signees on Wednesday, but the work is not done. Obviously, got a few more spots to fill on the roster, and then maybe over the next couple months, you'll add some transfers and stuff like that. Right now, the recruiting class, as we record this on Thursday evening, is ranked number 30 in the country. And if they're able to maybe crack the top 25 with a few more additions, um, that'd be a pretty pretty impressive feat for Brian Harson and his new staff taking over when they inherited this recruiting class was in the low 40s. And so who better to talk about it than Keith Niebuhr, our recruiting expert um, and recruiting insider at AuburnUndercover.com. If you guys have been following along with him this week, he's been putting out a ton of tremendous content at our website. Go, please <laughs> go to our website if you want to know anything about Auburn recruiting. Um, Keith's got you covered, but we'll get to my conversation with him right now. And here is Keith Niebuhr, probably the busiest man in America this week, put out a ton of good signing day coverage on our website. Um, Keith, as we're going to post this Friday morning, so you can kind of put yourself in that headspace. Um, but on Wednesday, the big, you know, the day with all the fireworks, were there any, no surprises, right? It it seemed like everything kind of went how we expected that day. yeah, I, I agree with you, Nathan. We thought there was going to be a surprise. We thought there was going to be this flip. And, and you know, as we're recording this, it's a flip hadn't happened. And we still haven't been able to pinpoint exactly when it might happen or who it might be. Uh, but otherwise, no, it was pretty much what you thought. Um, <clears throat> Auburn continued to work on a guy named Dante Balfour, a four-star cornerback uh, in Florida. I mean, it was leaking out, you know, a day, couple days before that North Carolina was the school that it was going to be his choice. But Auburn kept working. Zach Etheridge kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And they didn't finally get a no, really, until, until Wednesday. Um, and, and you like that if you're an Auburn fan. That's something we haven't really written about. But if you really want a guy, be relentless. Pursue till the very end. Pursue till you can't pursue anymore. Um, but that really wasn't a surprise. Landing uh, Caden Bridges and, and Jawan Gaston, that was expected. Gaston, four-star safety. Bridges, three-star safety. Um, we didn't think they'd get Trevin Wallace, and they didn't. Uh, you know, on Friday, uh, we expect them to get Jarquez Hunter, a three-star running back out of Mississippi, but really no big surprises. But mainly because national signings changed, Nathan. There, there weren't a lot of guys out there, you know. There weren't a lot of guys out there to be surprised by. Uh, but there were a couple. I mean, I know Michigan had a couple big flips, but uh, nothing really that wasn't expected. But the reason why there weren't any surprises is because we work our, our asses off, quite frankly, uh, to get readers' information so they aren't surprised. You know, I mean, if you, you know, if you don't, if you're not tracking Caden Bridges, I mean, by the time that signing day came around, Caden Bridges was expected to sign, you know, Nathan with Auburn. But uh, a week ago, nobody knew who Caden Bridges was until we reported that Auburn not only had offered, but was trying to close the deal on that one. So, you know, if we never get wind of that, uh, it might have been a secret until the very end, but that's what we do. That, we're reporters. I mean, that's, that's what everybody listening is paying my lazy butt to do, to get off my butt and, and track down information. But um, no big surprises yet. <laughs> you know, hey, look, Nathan, by the, by the, from when we're recording this to when it's released, 
there's always the potential something could happen. It's recruiting. It gets, it gets pretty crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll have you, I'll have you like send me a voice memo or something. If, uh, <laughs> if yeah. something, um, something we could just insert. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Figuring, <laughs> the, figuring out the ones and twos now. Uh, I can probably put that in there. Okay. Uh, you talked a little yeah. bit about dark quest hunter, the yeah. guy to keep an eye on Friday. Um, talk to me a little bit about Dylan Brooks. This is the guy that people yeah. keep wanting. I mean, the, any second now, um, for him to be released, he he's he's being public with it now. He's he's gone out and said it on Twitter. Uh, you know, free me from yeah. Tennessee letter of intent. Really good defender committed or signed with Tennessee right now. Um, talk to me about Brooks and and where Auburn is and whether you expect any sort of traction in that. Yeah, first, let me, let me just say, I, I always have to apologize. <clears throat> I have these major respiratory issues going back to a pulmonary embolism in 2009. So I'm always coughing, and sometimes it comes and goes, and right now it's pretty bad. So I just want to thank everybody for bearing with me here. I'm, I'm struggling just to just to get out of coherent uh, breath. Uh, actually, but there you go, that wasn't coherent. So there's, there's a perfect example of that. Uh, but, yeah, Nathan, Dylan Brooks, okay, four-star defensive end, Roanoke, Alabama, Hanley High, I think you mentioned that, Auburn Legacy. Uh, cousins with Jarris McIntyre, the former very good receiver with the Tigers. And, uh, and so that, that's a guy that Auburn really, you know, they recruited a lot over the last couple of years. But to be honest with you, at certain times, he felt like Auburn did, wasn't pushing that hard. And, and I don't know if we've really gone into detail here, maybe somewhat on the, on the site, but he didn't feel like Auburn was fully committed to getting him. Like sometimes they were all in, sometimes it was, they, they seemed wishy-washy. These are his words and the people around him. But Tennessee was the constant. They were there. They wanted him bad. Derek Ansley, defensive coordinator, Jeremy Pruitt. I think Shelton Felton, another assistant, might have been involved. So when he committed to Tennessee last spring, it was because of those guys, mainly Pruitt. He wanted to play for Pruitt. And they, he felt that they needed him more. They, they, they wanted him more. Uh, Auburn was kind of giving him what we, told, what we heard, a little bit more tough love. Uh, this is Auburn point of view, and I, I believe it that you know they you remember who was the D line coach, Rodney Garner. He he don't sugarcoat nothing, okay. And and he was telling, wasn't really telling Dylan what he wanted to hear. He was telling him what he felt like he needed to hear, and that was, you you need some seasoning. We got a lot of guys in this D line room. You're gonna have to come in and fight. And I think Tennessee's pitch was more, we need you right now. You, you'll play in 2021. So he really liked that. But when Jeremy Pruitt was fired a couple weeks ago as head coach, and Shelton Felton gone as well, and Gosh, everybody's pretty much going to be gone, and and then you've got the cloud of the NCA, you know, crap hanging over your head. You don't know, you don't know what's coming. Uh, Dylan decided almost immediately that's not where I want to be now. It doesn't look, you know, Jeremy Pruitt's gone for one and two. I mean, what's going to happen in Tennessee? I mean, who knows, right? It looks, you know, doesn't look good. So he filled out the national letter of intent release form, which says if there's extenuating circumstances, you can probably get out of your release and extenuating circumstances, this would seem to fit into that category. He was told by Tennessee in December, these guys will be there. They're not getting fired. They're not going anywhere. Well, they, they did go somewhere. They left. They were all fired, including the AD. So, uh, well, I guess I don't know what happened with Fulmer, but he's not the AD anymore. So they're all gone. Uh, all these guys that he liked were gone. and So that's an extenuating circumstance. But Tennessee's kind of dragging its feet. I don't blame them. Um, you got a new coach, Josh Heupel. He has told Dylan, according to Dylan and people close to him, hey, wait to see, wait till you see who our coordinators are. Wait till you see who we got on our staff. Maybe you'll like him. Maybe you'll want to stay. Uh, so they're not releasing him yet. It may be a couple more weeks, Nathan. That's what both myself and Jason Caldwell uh, of the site have heard. Uh, and also, though, that uh, here's the thing. He, he doesn't want to be there. 
So no matter what happens over the next two weeks, a lot would have to change his mind. And we just don't see that happening. So once that release comes, Nathan, and by the way, it took five minutes to say what I probably could have said in 20 seconds. Once that release comes, I wanted to be deep. Nathan's laughing at me. He's son of a, you know, whatever. All right. So, you know, basically once the release comes, well, well, I wanted to give some background too. You know, I mean, shoot. I mean, that's what people were paying for. But once the release comes, we expect him to quickly pick Auburn. And now look, he's not an early enrollee. He wouldn't get there till the spring. Uh, but we told he, we're told he wasn't happy yesterday. He was kind of bummed out. Now, it was his – look, he signed with Tennessee in December and then told people he hadn't signed anywhere and then later had to admit that he, he had signed. He's a confused kid, okay, but he's a good kid. Everybody knows him, likes him. Uh, but uh, once – you know, back to yesterday, I, don't, I think it hurt him a little bit that, you know, now that he realizes where he wants to be, he couldn't be a part of it, you know. But that's – look, that's – he he made his bed. He's got to sleep in it. But – uh, he's just sitting back waiting now. He's just sitting back waiting, and we'll see. Uh, we think a release will come. Who knows what Tennessee will, will do ultimately. Uh, if they decide they're not going to do anything, I don't really know what the next step is. But, I, I, I look, Tennessee's a school doesn't need any more bad publicity right now, right? And I think, I think they, at some point they're going to say it's time for us to move on. And also, <clears throat> at that point, you'd just be punishing a kid who really did nothing. Um, I mean, they – he wasn't lied to, but he was told one thing and another thing happened. But I don't consider that lying. They may not have known at the time they were going to have to fire Jeremy Pruitt. But he was told one thing and another happened. And, uh, and if you think by kind of playing this, this situation the, the way Tennessee is, and again, I don't, I'm not criticizing them. They have to do what they think is best for their program too. Uh, but if you think that's going to make the kid want to play for you in a 10-year school, it's probably not. It's probably having the opposite effect. And so ultimately at the end of the day, a year from now, we'll probably be talking about the freshman season Dylan Brooks. And question, Nathan is, can he play right away? It's going to be hard. I mean, Auburn still, Auburn's D line was not great last year, but there were a lot of injuries, man, COVID injuries. And uh, there's a lot of dudes back, man. And then you got Andrew Leota coming in now, the transfer from Northwestern playing basically his position. There's a lot of dudes back. Okay. Um, we'll see. Uh, but, but yeah, he's got a lot of unique skills, but he's raw. Uh, Jason went and saw him play this ball. He's raw. There's no question about it. But certainly would be a significant pickup for Auburn. There you go. Timeline on Dylan Brooks. A little bit of backstory there, what to expect from him. Yeah. Um, I'll, go back to his, I'll go back to his birth next time if you okay, want. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Next episode. Um, Keith, they're right now number 30 in the country. Yeah, wow. And – how how high do you think do you think they can crack obviously trying to crack that top 30 do you think they can crack the top 25 and if they do what do you think that kind of says well, Brian Harson's staff here? yeah yeah sort sorry of. I didn't mean it I interrupted you like six times during that one sentence um <clears throat> we got a little echo I don't know because it, there's a couple things I mean you know getting Jarquez Hunter on Friday wouldn't move you up that much Dylan Brooks would move you up a bunch but the thing is he's already signed with Tennessee when he's got to get released, he's got to, you know, when would all this be done? Uh, I don't know. I don't, would they count him? We don't, I, these are a lot of unknowns here with him. I just don't know. This supposed flip that hadn't happened yet that's floating around out there. Is it a two star? Is it a three? Is it a four? I mean, there's a lot to be determined there. And then also I need to point out transfers don't count. So Andrew Leota doesn't count. Well, that's a guy that was third team all big 10, I think last season. Yep. So theor- theoretically, that would be a, probably a high three, low four-star kind of guy, right? 
Well, that would add significant points. So, you know, I, I think if you're an Auburn fan, you just can't even think about the rankings this cycle. Well, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Because, you know, and also there's a running back at Tennessee, Cody Brown. Maybe they'll look at him at some point. He signed with Tennessee, same situation as Dylan Brooks. He's a four-star guy. Uh, you know, but again, I don't know. <clears throat> there's so many transfers now, and there's this is a unique situation where guys have signed and they, they're asking out of the releases and, would you count them in the rankings? And I, we, I'll just be honest with you. I don't know what 24-7 sports or ESPN or rivals, I don't know what they're going to do uh, if those guys end up at other – or if and when those guys end up at other schools. I don't know how they're going to count them. I'm not sure. I haven't dug too deep into that. I mean, I, I don't want people to think I'm super lazy here. Really, the last month or two, I've just been focused on who's Auburn getting. Who are they recruiting? Who are they getting? The, uh, the numbers and stuff, I don't really – I don't spend a whole lot of time on that. Um, I know people, the fans, that's what they want to see, but I, I just don't. But So I don't have an answer. But when I do, obviously I'll, I'll report it on the board. Well, there you go, Auburn fans. You heard it from Keith first. Do not worry about the recruiting rankings this cycle. Instead, pay attention to all the different guys. Pay attention. To well, well Nathan, Nathan, it's also in this class, it's these transitional classes, man, they're murder. They suck, man. You're, uh-huh. yeah, some of them have worked out for some schools, but okay. So people brought up, well, what about Kirby smarts transitional class? I don't think he had the early signing period to contend with. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I mean, Gus Malzahn was fired on a Sunday and had a signing class on a Wednesday. Okay. So, I mean, what in the world, you know, could you possibly expect at that point? And then all the, so many good players signed early. Now, if a lot of those guys don't sign, you have a shot at more guys, right? If there's no early signing period, now you also have to fend off some of the guys that were committed, too. I mean, there's there's a little bit of that, too. Don't work, don't get me wrong. It goes both ways. But um, it was going to be a challenge no matter what. But that early signing period meant there weren't a lot of great guys left out there. And not only great guys out there, but great guys at positions of need. Uh, and then if you were coming in – so well, let me put it this way. Auburn lost out on a couple four-stars on Wednesday. Uh, Trevor Wallace, linebacker, and Dante Balfour. Even though the Tigers had been recruiting those guys and were going to land those guys in December, a new staff didn't know him. They, they had just a few weeks to kind of get to know him. And during that, that period where Gus Malzahn was fired, there was a week before they hired Brian Harson. then he had to fill out his staff. So during those two or three weeks, that allowed other schools to really just kind of dig in, get their claws into these guys and get to know them. Um, and look, I mean, it feels like, okay, well, they only had five weeks to know him, but five weeks is twice as long as two and a half weeks, okay? You know what I mean? So twice as long would be two years and one year. Well, that's significant. So five, and, five weeks and two and a half weeks is still a significant difference. So it was going to be an uphill concept. So that's what I'm saying. So are you, can you find value in this class? Where do you win in the SEC? Quarterback, Demetrius Davis, 51-3 and three as a starter. Where do you win in the SEC? Defensive line. That's a heck of a defensive line class, no matter what. And you add Andrew Leota from Northwestern, and you add to, to Lee Hunter, Marquise Robinson, two four-star tackles, and then to Beachiacoli, uh, a three-star, and who probably should be a four-star uh, from Kansas City, who's lightning quick as a strong side guy, quick twitch as a strong side guy. He's got the, the weak side tendons uh, traits on a with the strong side body, um, and and then now you may add Dylan Brooks, so great on the defensive line. And um, so there is some value there. But, again, overall, you're talking about having 17 guys committed right now, one of whom can't have a ranking. It uh, doesn't count. Andrew Leota transferred doesn't count. So, really, you only have 16 guys rated. 
So if you take the average rating for those 16 guys and you extrapolate it out over 25, you got a top 20 class. So, it, you know, look, it's, it's not terrible. Let's put it that way. Not great. Not great. Not ideal either, but not terrible by any stretch. Right. Not an ideal situation for a staff to have to work in. But Brian- well, well, listen, though, the, the old staff was probably going to have a top 15 class, but they were going to have to t- attack the transfer market, too. Right. And if you can get quick value out of the transfer market, if you, if you can find a tackle, Nathan, I know we're going on here, if you can find an offensive tackle that comes in and starts 13 games next year, then, then you've got immediate value, whereas a high school offensive tackle might need two or three years before he even hits the field. So that allows you to catch your breath and focus on 2022. And quite frankly, even, even if they do bring in some tackles they, uh, through transfer, and I think they will, they may have to do it again next year while they're getting high school guys because high school tackles take time to develop. So I, I, you know, I don't think this is just a one-year deal on the portal. I think Auburn's probably going to have to attack it next year as well based on the development of some of the younger linemen on the team. But remember, they haven't signed a lot of true tackles in recent years. So I think what's going to happen is Auburn's going to go hard on the transfer portal and offensive tackle this year and again next year while also trying to sign a bunch of high school guys. So we'll see. But immediate value at the tra- uh, through the transfer portal uh, uh, eliminates a lot of some of the sadness when you look at a recruiting ranking. Yep. Yep, for sure. Offensive tackle yeah. since 2018. Haven't signed one out of high school. Yeah. Did it with Colby Smith. Um, Keith, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. I learned a ton in those 20 minutes. Y'all keep it locked at auburnundercover.com for the rest of the week and the rest of the next few months as Auburn staff tries to fill out this 2021 class. We'll be right back on the Auburn Undercover podcast. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. And that'll do it for this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Keith as much as I did. Again, be sure to check out everything Keith and Jason, our recruiting guys, are working on this week at auburnundercover.com as well as all the other coverage we've got. If you like the show, please leave it a five-star review. If you do not like it, shoot me a message on Twitter. Shoot me a message on our message boards and tell me what we should improve on for next time. Thanks to Beats by Mordecai. You can find him on SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff for the intro and outro music for providing that. Thanks to him. And we will catch you guys in the next show. Have a good weekend.